Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special mini episode of Bankroll Burners, the poker podcast for players that can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And we're doing something a little different for this shorter episode. Uh, Josh and I were recently in the same place at the same time, uh, which proves we aren't the same person for anybody who was wondering. Uh, and we played a hand against each other in an otherwise pretty uneventful uh, nitty table at Encore Boston Harbor. And I will and say, it wasn't the worst table of all time, but the people who are bringing the action are right here on the camera. Uh, as is tradition for an Encore Boston Harbor, or not for Encore Boston Harbor, but really for our poker careers. One of us did poorly and one of us did well. Uh, and I'll leave it up to your imagination until we, uh, we get through this, this hand, which really comprised a pretty big swing. Absolutely. So this is an exciting one. Uh, we're going to dissect each other's thought processes in this, in this hand. And I've in the, in the few days since this hand, I've thought about it more. And I, I have some different thoughts than I did on the day of. And some stuff I'm pretty excited to get your take on. Uh, but yeah, let's let's I, let's dive into it. For, for those who aren't familiar with Encore Boston Harbor that we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, the 1-3 game, which is what we were playing, has a $500 cap which is pretty nice, I would say. Let's be a little deeper. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I know we've kind of touched on this before, how, you know, you're really a 2-5 reg at home at this point. Um, but really, I mean, part of that is because you literally can't be a 2-2, like, player for any sort of meaningful profit when the max buy-in's only 200 bucks. You could always make the trek down to, down to Best Bet Jacksonville, I suppose, but for the $300 max buy-in, but at that point, I'd still just rather play... Two five for you know five hundred six hundred bucks a buy-in, and I've even been thinking about you know trying to make a more sustained push into two five. I feel like I've done a lot of studying and, and could definitely make that push, but would still probably be buying in for you know this roughly the same amount I do at one three. So it's just buy-ins are weird and make things make make stakes complicated. Absolutely. Okay, so in this game, I believe we, I believe we were about five hundred effective. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I, I was the effective stack at at four fifty. Um, so I'd been, I, I'd had a couple, you know, lost a couple small pots basically. Um, had one, one and lost. It, it was a little bit of that sort of swing. Um, as you guys know, we are always happy to put the straddle on. So in this particular hand, we're playing one three six. Uh, Mike, of course, has thrown on the straddle, and this is just the sort of table where even if we're the only ones straddling, which we were most of the time, it was really necessary just to kind of encourage any amount of action or opportunity to get the money in by the river if we had a strong hand. Yeah, I agree with that, so that's what we were doing, and uh, you, I believe you were in the hijack. Uh, I was in the low jack, uh, low jack. I believe, uh, with and, and I have uh, 10 of diamonds, 10 of hearts. Uh, and I open the action up to 20, which is my standard open uh, with no limps in a straddle pot. Hmm, pretty standard. Uh, Josh opens LJ with TT to $20. And this is the sort of 1-3 table it is. It folds all the way around to Mike in the straddle. And uh, I have a fairly standard defend with Ace of Hearts, Three of Diamonds. Uh, I think that's you know definitely on the lower end of my defend range. I don't really enjoy playing raggedy aces, but uh, and I think if you know you could make an argument versus a UTG open that this should be folded. But I would say from a you know an MP like a low jack, I think this is you probably have to just call this, especially for basically a three X open. 
Yeah, this is just, this is, a, I mean, it's a spot where certainly some people you could also just, like, fold up if you think their opening range is quite strong, but you know that I, we've gone over my opening range many times, and I, you could have me crushed, my, you could have my king three suited absolutely crushed. Exactly, yeah, I mean, you know, I know you're mixing it up in there, so I'm happy to get in there with you with my, with my ace three off suit. And now, so, so we're going to go to a flop. I'm, I'm going to put it around 40 because, I mean, the rake does matter a little bit. Obviously, Encore also added another dollar taken out of the pot to fund their promos, which are possibly the worst promos I've ever seen. But we don't need to get to that. We're real. We kind of, I just want to say really quick, these promos, it's not even real money. They give you money to go play, like, blackjack, you, and you have to play, like, an even bet game. You, it's not even a real promo. Like, if you hit a high hand... It's like you have to then go down to the blackjack tables on the on the other floor and put a couple of bets in. It's like, what the hell is this? It's just silly. But anyway, um, the flop now is going to come out quite favorable for my for my range, if not my hand. Ace of clubs, jack of diamonds, deuce of spades, ace jack, deuce rainbow. I'm holding red tens. Mike has got ace three offsuit. So uh, outdrawn once again. Yeah. Get, get good. Um, so, as uh, as Josh said, this flop does smash his range. It's a double Broadway board. It's pretty much a mandatory C-bet for him, and I know that. Uh, there's l absolutely no merit to leading here, and so I, I do it. go ahead and check. And I decide to size up on this flop. Um, just sort of something I'm experimenting with is on these boards that are so favorable for my range, where I can really have so many strong hands, and my opponent is quite... Uh, capped, you know, I think Mike it probably doesn't have a lot of ace-jack, definitely won't have any aces or jacks. Um, you know, best hand he can he can really have is, you know, pocket deuces and then, like, ace-deuce, mostly offsuit, but some suited ace-deuce as well, I mean, given he is in the straddle closing the action heads up. Um, but I, I like to take kind of a larger size as I can also have ace-deuce, I can have aces-jacks, ace-jack, also a ton of draws, so I bet 25. Yeah, and, and I actually, I, I did take a note of your sizing when you did this. I did think it was, I, I don't know that I agree that you would want to size up on this board. I, I think if it was something like ace six deuce, I do like a larger bet. But with ace, with ace jack deuce, you're letting me get off easy with like sixes through threes. I could just fold, you know, when you size up. That's like this. That's true, um, but I think I think a big reason that you know you can use larger sizings, and maybe this isn't a board where I should be doing it. Um, you know, it's possible that like maybe I want there to be a flush draw and like be able to take a larger sizing. You know, because you have more hands that you can defend. But on a board where you have where I have such a strong range advantage, you know, there is merit to sort of you know taking only larger sizings because you want to be able to get all the money in when your opponent does have a hand that can call down. Yeah, and that's fair too. Um, I guess we got to think about. So we, we talked about forty dollars in the pot, and you have about four thirty in your stack. So yeah. you are going to need to do. You you aren't going to be able to go like one third, three quarter, three quarter, for example, to get all the money in. It won't work. So you do need. If you want to get all the money in, you do need to be doing things like sizing up on certain streets. Personally, I would take a smaller flop sizing here in your spot, but I do understand uh, your reasoning. Yeah, and I, and I think probably, like, if I'm going to go for a larger sizing, then 10s probably becomes a check. Um, and maybe it's just better so to be C-betting 100% of my range for a smaller size. Um, certainly, and that's kind of something I was thinking about also after the fact is, oh, you know, if I want to take a large sizing with the hands that I am betting, 
maybe I may then maybe this particular hand should be going to my checking range. So yeah, that too. And also, if you're taking a larger sizing with only your stronger hands, then you start, you know, you start to be blocking a lot of the stuff I can call a larger bet with. So yeah, yeah, I just think it's one of the. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, in general, betting frequency and bet size should be inverse. Yeah, absolutely. That's proportional. So. Agreed. Yeah, I guess I was mostly just trying to advocate again for a smaller sizing on the swap, doing a betting a large volume of hands with, with the smaller yep. sizing. Yeah, which I which I think is okay. Um, I I think it probably probably is fine either way. I mean, especially but like I think polarizing, you know, hands like like good draws, right? King Queen suited with a backdoor is like an excellent bluff here. Definitely. You know, queen ten. Similarly, like I mean, honestly, like a King ten, Queen ten might even be better because they unblock ace because they block ace 10 which is like your best defend really you know your yeah. best one pair defend but anyway we we could talk on and on about flop bet sizing but there's a whole hand to do and and so i bet 25 and it, i mean i assume there's no other option in your head but call no no definitely not um you know i don't think i have any raises on this board maybe at all like i, I probably have some if you take a smaller sizing but when you do size up like this i might just play my entire range as a call I mean, am I ra am I ever raising like deuce deuce here, I, or am I going to wait till the turn? I mean, you're, you're very likely to to fire a second street on a board like this, so I could wait till the turn to check raise, uh, and just play my entire range as a call. I I, I don't know what's better. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I probably just like calling here, and then evaluating the turn because like if I bomb the turn, you might not even want to raise deuce deuce depending on what the turn is. I mean, you might you might sure. just want to play like a call, call, call. If I'm just trying to play for stacks with with like big bet, big bet, big bet. Right. I mean, yeah, and I might have to, you know, if 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 you go big bet and then you big bet turn, and I just call, I may have to like look at river and look at potentially leading certain rivers as well. Yep. Uh, true. If, if it looks like something, you might check back. So okay, but I yeah, I kind of just think that when you take a big sizing like this, I mostly possibly entirely just want to call, and that's that's what I do. Obviously, I have top pair. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, so there's about, we got about uh, 400, a little over 400 behind now. Uh, there's about 90 in the pot. And the turn is going to roll off, I think, the, the pretty interesting card. And here's where a big decision point comes in as the King of Diamonds rolls off on the turn, which brings in a backdoor flush draw as the board is now Ace, Jack, Deuce, King with two diamonds. Um, and Mike checks it over to me, which I think he's always going to do on a King turn uh, to yeah. the preflop aggressor. And at this point, I think I, as I sort of review the hand, I think I make a slight sizing mistake here. Uh, basically, what I kind of think that I just have a, a, a premium bluff candidate at this point. Um, you know, I think it's it's one of these situations where, sure, I do have showdown value, but the hands that I'm beating are, I'm just going to wind up bluffing with the best hand, and I'm probably not going to get more value when I want to be sizing up on this turn. Um, so I, I basically elect to say, hey, I've got two tens, which... Now, you know, if he called me with a gut shot that's uh, that's picked up a pair, he's not going to be too happy if he called me. And, and it's hard to have a gut shot that actually connected, given that I have 10-10, which double blocks queen-10. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess I want to hover on this a little bit. So, Absolutely. You, you know, I think there's a pretty key point in the hand. I mean, as as you say, you, you are double blocking the nuts here, of course. The nut straight is queen-10. Um, so... Uh, you know, you I very am unlikely to have the nuts. I mean, I do defend all combos of Queen 10 from the straddle, of course. Absolutely. I have eight possible combos of Queen 10. 
um, but that is a lot less than 16. So, um, I mean, and I also block like Ace 10, which is again, as I said, kind of your yeah. definitely your best one pair continue. Absolutely. So, and I was going to bring that up as well. So you're, you're blocking a lot of my strongest hands. I do think it's a good bluff candidate. I, I do, th and you don't have a diamond. I think um, I, I think I, I think I do have a diamond, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, I, I thought you were ten of hearts, ten of spades for some reason. That but... might, that may be. Yeah, yeah. If, if but, you, um, if you, I, I knew I had tens, but I, I think maybe I didn't have a diamond. So I'll yeah, that was my that. recollection. I don't, I mean, I don't know that it matters. I mean, you do want me to have a diamond because you're un that way you unblock the call call folds. You know, um, yeah. If you're, if and I guess if you're looking to structure this as a triple barrel, um. You know, I, I actually, yeah, I think not having a diamond here is very good because I can have things like 10-9, you know, where I'm maybe sticking around and then folding river or something. But, um, yeah, I think it's interesting to say, like, well, maybe I'll just take my showdown value, you know, in position. I I do think that you're, you know, I think against a very passive player, it might be worthwhile to check it back here and take some showdown value. But versus me specifically, I could probably put you in some uncomfortable spots on the river if you check this back. Right, it's, it's definitely something I was thinking is, you know, if I check back this turn and the river bricks and he bets, like, I'm pro I probably have to fold. Like, I'm pretty fine. And, and, like, the other thing is, I am pretty, like, I'm, there. there's so many strong hands that I can have on this board. Like, I can have queen 10 suited myself. I can have king jack, ace jack, ace king, ace deuce. You know, there's, there's so many, like, very queen strong ten. hands. What? You can have the straight, obviously, too. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I said queen 10. But I think I said, I, I'm more, I mean, I'm probably, I have fewer combos of queen 10, certainly. Because yeah. um, I think I probably, I'm only opening queen 10 suited from the low jack. Um, but exactly, I, I just think there are so many strong hands and having such good blockers. I just, I guess my, my thinking was, like, it's, it's going to make your defending quite difficult because your range, like, between you just, you know, between, I, I, and I guess I had thought at the time between you just calling the flop, but really I think it's fair to assume you could, you could you know, just call Which all of, pretty much your whole range. Um, I don't know if we, I don't know if you would have just called deuces there, but you know, we, we definitely think about it now. It makes it a little less attractive to triple barrel with a hand like this, given that you could have a super strong hand as well. Well, I don't necessarily agree. I, I, with that, it's because think about it, like I can have deuce deuce, I can have ace jack sometimes, I can have king jack sometimes, but by and large I won't. Like my range, you have to remember I called out of the straddle. Like right. my range is super wide. Like yeah, I be, I probably am folding like sixes through threes in the flops. So maybe I don't have hands like that, but I can certainly have sevens, eights, nines, jacks, um, random jack x. Yeah, and I can have yeah, I can absolutely have jack x. I can have. Yeah, like like we said, like 10-9, although you blocked that. But, yeah, I, I, I do think um, I can have a lot of hands here. Like, you clearly have a nut advantage. And yeah, and I was thinking even a hand, like, a hand like Jack X, or even a hand, like I mentioned, like a like a king high float with a gut shot or backdoors or something, is, def is you know, definitely going to fold by the river. And like you like, and, and I think this another part part of the reason why I decided to turn the sand into a bluff is because out of the straddle, I think you just have so many like rant like Jack X King X that just won't be able to hold on hold on, and even some Ace X probably won't be able to hold on. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Um, but uh, d definitely so. Um, 
De definitely so I, I agree I, I agree completely and I will also just something you mentioned to me that I, I don't want to miss out on here is thinking about structuring a triple barrel because I, I do believe that when you were in the moment you were planning to fire a third barrel when you fired the second barrel well yeah I think it doesn't really make sense to bet pocket tens on the turn for like a, a large sizing and then ch check and then like give up on the river because it does narrow your range somewhat when I bet a large sizing on the turn yeah Absolutely. So, so what, 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 what's the sizing you actually took? Here? So the sizing I chose was seventy-five into ninety, um, and I think I think I should have gone bigger um, here because this kind of set up a like a, a we like an overbet on the river that was like kind of a weird sizing. I think um, it was you know it was like three twenty into two forty or something. It was like you know one thirty percent, and I feel like if I had you know potted it here or done a slight overbet here, like bet a hundred. That's like a you know a more, a slight, a more geometric like uh, bet uh, size bet sizing um, across streets that I think is just a bit more I don't know I mean it's a more compelling story and I think it just makes makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I agree. You know, I also think if you're planning, if you're thinking here, like okay, I'm gonna bet bet bet, I'm gonna over bet river. You know, you really wanna like over river overbets are more polarized than turnover bets is my understanding so like you can turn over bet pretty much anytime you have the nut advantage but i think river overbets uh you have to kind of have like super nuts advantage like i can't have the nuts right. whereas i think in this configuration i i have enough nuts here that like river overbetting becomes like a little more borderline because I can just have queen 10 and play it this way. Well, and that's why, I mean, that's that's why I feel like this combo, I mean, if I'm going to river over bet as a bluff, this is certain, I mean, I I definitely have to do that with, yes. with, with like 10s or like queen jack or jack, jack 10, but double blocking the nuts becomes a lot more appealing if we're kind of reducing the nuts to queen 10. But I mean, I, I think, I mean, I don't know, can... I kind of felt in the moment that I would, you know, be over, that I would kind of take a similar line for value with, like, pretty much any two-pair or better hand. No, and I think that's fair. I don't think you're, like, especially because the overbet isn't too extreme on the river that we're, you know, yeah. you're thinking about doing at this point anyway. Not that we're there, but you're think, you're planning right now to overbet Jam River. And thinking about that, you know, I agree. Like, you do have a very strong net advantage. You probably would play thick, thick value similarly. I guess more what I'm saying is I think your alternative line of geometrically going pot pot is better. Yeah, That's and I, I, I kind of realized that after the fact, and and as we were kind of we had a conversation after about a different hand um, in which you had said you wish you had used a, ge a geometric bet distribution, um, and that kind of made me realize, oh crap, you know I didn't need to go you know 75% pot, 135% pot. I could have gone a hundred here, and then that would have set up basically a 300 into 290 bet on the river which is just a little bit better i think a, a better distribution yeah yeah and you know to, to be just to clarify for our listeners who are familiar geometric sizing is when you take the same percent pot sizing uh across multiple streets typically people talk about it as turn and river but uh, I, i've heard sometimes people talk about going geometric for all three streets uh too and i think also you know geometrically sizing also kind of refer we can talk a little we refers a little bit back to the flop as well, where sort of um, geometric sizing is really uh, is also kind of a, a reference to how the pot, the size of the pot, is drastically affected by your by each bet you make. 
So, you know, where I was kind of saying on the flop, you know, I wanted to bet big because I want to bet big with all the strongest hands of my range to make sure I get all the money in. Because if you bet small on a flop, then you won't, when you're at a certain stack depth, you won't be able to just get the money in going bet, bet, bet. Whereas right. as you bet larger, that means that all of your future bets can also be larger but and still be a, a reasonable portion of the pot and not like a disgusting overbet. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and, and the, the logic behind that, I, as I learned recently, is betting geometrically forces your opponent to defend with the widest possible... If you can get all the money in betting geometrically, you force your opponent to defend each street with the widest possible portion of their range. Which right, is, and, and that, but, can, that can kind of lead to, you know, good value because you... You know, kind of, they kind of show up with a lot of like random top pairs that they feel compelled to defend on the river. Can also help your bluffs because they felt they they felt compelled to call down with you know some some medium draws, some pair plus draws, things like that that you know otherwise might not have had the equity to continue to future streets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, something you just sort of have to take on faith that when you're sort of studying poker, that just sort of you realize it just comes true as you play. But something you have to take on faith is that. Your goal when playing balanced, which obviously you don't always need to play balanced at low stakes, but your goal when playing balanced is to put your opponents in an indifferent spot where it's just like, you know, it's so close, the value of calling or folding, and they're just very likely to screw that up. Which is why we always laugh when we hear low stakes players say, man, that guy's so tricky, he bets whether he has it or not. Oh my god. Um, yep. Well, anyway, so enough about my 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 bluffing here. Um, let's uh, let's hear your perspective on this turn as you as you're facing down a seventy five dollar bet into ninety with ace rag uh, with the three of diamonds, which I think you've convinced me doesn't matter all that much. Yeah, yeah. Just to talk about diamonds here really quick. Like, obviously, you might say, oh, I I don't want to have a diamond here because I want Josh to have diamonds. But I think the three of diamonds is literally irrelevant. I don't think he has any hands he opens from the low jack that contain the three of diamonds other than ace three of diamonds or pocket threes sometimes. And neither of those hands would play this way. So, uh, yeah, I just basically have ace rack. Um, and, you know, I, I, have, I have to call here, unfortunately. Like, I, raising makes no sense. I'm not going to get any value from better. My hand is from worse rather my hand is way too strong to turn into a bluff it is top pair but i'm cognizant of the fact that the river is likely to be uncomfortable uh for me i know that josh could shove i also know I, I, my my thinking in the moment was that if he doesn't shove i'm almost certainly calling um which I don't know if that makes... That's what I thought on the turn when you bet. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I also think there's a decent chance that it just goes check-check on the river and you win. Like, I, right. I totally agree. This has to be it. This has to be a call on the turn. You know, and then as you get to the river, you know, it, I, I know that, like, Bart... Like, Bart Hansen likes to talk about this a lot, where he says, like, oh, when you're out of position, you can, like, check-fold a lot and win a lot because opponents check... And that's less true when you're facing someone a little bit more aggressive, which I strive to be. Um, but, you know, if you're facing a lot of live regs, you know, you can check fold, like, top, top, like, I think is, is an example that he's used in the past, because if it goes check, check, you just are always good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's true. I mean, for sure, if this goes check, check, I win. Um, I know you're going to value bet any hand better than mine, uh, other than, I mean, you may not, I guess you may not value bet, like, A7 suited. You know, that would be an example of, like, right. again, you might value bet. So, but... Uh, by and large, uh, I I think 
I, I actually think you probably would value bet that hand, to be honest. So I don't know, but uh, at least sometimes. So I think by and large, if this goes check, check on the river, I'm going to win. I have to defend the turn here. So I, that's what I do. I, I click on the ball. Perfect. So Mike, Mike defends as, you know, I think, I think everyone thinks he should. If you're, if you're folding top pair on the turn against someone who even pretends to be competent, which I still may not fall into, then you know, stop, stop holding your top pairs against comp against players who are thinking. I'll call myself yeah. a thinking player because it's uh, pretty players. ambiguous. Yeah, we're thinking players here on Bankroll Burners. So that, that for those curious, leaves a pot of about 240, uh, effective stack of around 330. Yeah. And the river is going to come a giant brick. It is the seven of clubs. It's an offsuit seven. It completes no draws. It bricks out the flush draw, and Mike lead jams into. The <laughs> I don't do that. However, I do think. Uh, is there? I guess I want to ask: Is there any consideration to blocking here for me? I mean, maybe if you're gonna like bet fold, then it's probably fine. But then at that point, I would just probably check fold. Do you get called by worse here? Right, that's kind of the key to block betting. Right, if you bet fifty here or forty or something, you know, super small. You know, am I, am I, do I have enough like King X here? Am I betting King X on the turn? Right. No, I don't think you are, at least not for that sizing. So, um, oh, actually, I guess you might for that sizing. If it was like specifically, I guess you might do it with King Queen, although I, I I'd probably like check have... back probably all my King X that I stabbed with on the flop, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think there's really any consideration of blocking. I just wanted to, you know, it's Whatever. it's interesting, yeah. but it, you know it's it's weird because I just have such as we mentioned I do have a quite a hefty range advantage, um, and like I can just jam like all my value, yeah, in your. And face. I also do think, by the way, that you even have a bigger nut advantage here because I would raise a good a good chunk of my queen ten induced deuce on that turn when you take that sizing. I wouldn't raise them always, but I would raise them sometimes. So I do think you have a pretty strong nut advantage here. You could even argue that it's, you know, enough of a super nut advantage that it just makes sense to rip it in and put me and put the screws to me. Uh, which uh, after I think, if you think about it a bit, is what you do. I do. Yeah. So Mike checks it over to me. Um, I just, I decide to jam. I mean, I do think that, that, you know, he would have raised two pair or better on the turn. Um, which really caps his range at like one pair or a missed flush draw. I think I can get most one pair hands to fold. Uh, and I think that, and obviously, and I mean, we are beating flush draws, so maybe there's some some merit to checking back and, and like, you know, going to showdown. But again, as we kind of mentioned on the turn, I, I do think you just have a ton of like, you know, king, queen, king, 10 that paired, that was a gut shot that paired up the turn that has to fold. It's probably some sticky jack X, uh, especially if you kind of also had a gutter or some, some sort of additional equity. Yeah, like Queen Jack, sure. Yeah, Queen Jack, Jack 10. I think you can have every combo of those as well. Um, obviously, we double block Jack 10, we double block King 10, but we also double block Queen 10. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I feel yeah. like I rep such a strong value range. Absolutely. So, yeah, I like your shove. I really do. Uh, I didn't like it at the time. <laughs> I was I was sitting there. I mean, I kind of went through it out loud, as you heard. I was like, well, you have so much value here. You know, it was like, I think, like the first thing that came to mind was like, well... We're dealing with aces, kings, uh, jacks, ace, king, ace, jack, king, jack, ace, queen, ace, queen. Sure, uh, you can. I mean, I think it's. Is it too thin to jam ace queen? 
I don't know. I feel like I feel like if we if we bet geometrically, it would be fine to jam ace queen, which sure. is kind of another great reason to bet geometrically. Because like if we had bet a hundred on the turn and get just called, like I I mean it is more the, the the interesting thing about the geometric bet is because it would kind of be a slight overbet on both streets. It does kind of cut down on some of your raising combos, so like we could value own ourselves a lot more if we went that route with mm -hmm. like ace queen. But I don't know. I feel like jamming it. I, in the moment, I was thinking I would jam Ace Queen here. Okay, fair enough. I, yeah, I think it's like I think it's probably it's cuspy, but I, I think you could probably do it. So anyway, yeah, you have a lot of things that crush me, and then I started to think like, what bluffs do you even have? And my first question I asked myself is, would you turn a Jack into a bluff? And my conclusion in the moment was no. I'm starting to think that that's perhaps wrong would you turn a jack into a bluff it's I'm quite interesting because i really like pocket tens is just like my best bluff here by like a lot because yeah. i also un like the thing about having and, and this is not something i was really thinking about in the moment um but something i've thought about since is having a hand like queen jack or jack 10 not only beats some of your jacks that like got sticky but also mm -hmm. blocks those jacks that got sticky and unblocks all of your ace high all of your ace holdings Whereas the 10s, they block some jacks, but I think, like, you actually have quite a wide continue. you know, given that you were the straddle, you have so many, like, Jack X suited that you're probably, like, shrug calling preflop. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, um, no, I, 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 yeah, I think, and I can continue with some jacks on the turn, probably. I don't know, maybe. But, um, yeah, so, uh, at least some. So I, I do think that, like, you probably aren't bluffing the turn. Like, just structuring Queen-Jack or Jack-10 as a triple barrel most of the time, I guess. It doesn't seem I, very And I'd, I'd probably agree. I think I think it would be... Like, you actually... Like, Queen-Jack actually beats some of the value portion of your continuing range. Like, you know, value. Like, the, the made hands, I guess I'll, I'll say. Yeah, like, I would probably continue on the turn with Jack-10 most of the time. So right. if you have Queen-Jack, you know, you're feeling good right exactly queen jack and jack 10 are actually doing okay there pocket 10s loses to all your paired hands and also unblocks at least more of them than having a jack does although it does you know blocks it does block jack 10 king 10 as well yeah so yeah i guess so my thing was probably right you don't you aren't turning a jack into a bluff so i was like okay you know what are the bluffs you're likely to show up with here so i started like thinking like queen x of diamonds like if you're playing like up and down queens suited queens you know but you're probably not playing that many of those uh, right a queen nine suited is probably the widest i'm opening from the low jack yeah that's probably about right I, you can probably mix some queen eight in there once in a while but for the most part probably probably better to say this one um well you know me so, mr preflop discipline they call me that's that's right that's your name so um so i don't think you have that many of those and then i was thinking like well of course there's you know eight nine of diamonds and six five of diamonds but the seven you know cuts you know are you always bluffing with like seven six and seven eight of diamonds or are you checking and giving up when you get a pair and you hope you know you win to uh you beat like my missed draws so and i don't know what you would do there but it like i think probably it depends right it yeah it does depend because it's like that's the other thing i was thinking in terms of good bluffs is like tens also like doesn't block the diamond draw which is great but i mean obviously it does beat some of your diamonds too um but like you might have you might have to fold like ace x of diamonds right which would be interesting so 
Yeah, so I, I guess my conclusion here was there weren't a ton of bluffs that made sense. Um, but then I thought to myself, well, you know, Josh is a clever player. He might have something here I'm not thinking of, which I did not think of pocket tens to your credit. So. Um, well, I don't know if that's credit or detriment, but... Yeah, so then I thought to myself, okay, well, I've thought about it from this standpoint. It's like, there's not a lot of bluffs, so that leans me towards fold. Because I guess, you know, I should preface all this with, like, Ace-3 offsuit is close here, man. Like, I just want to say, it is, it's close, for sure. Like, my first thought was, this is close. Uh, it's not a obvious either way, at least to me. So I, this is why I had to think this through so much. Um, so then I thought, okay, what better hands do I have to call with? I can have the straight sometimes, I can have deuces sometimes, but only sometimes. So those hands, you know, okay. Uh, and then I was like, okay, well, I could have some two pairs, right? I can have king jack, um, ace jack, I will have sometimes here. I don't have ace king. Yeah, you can um, have ace deuce and ace seven for sure. Yep, definitely that I could show up here with. So, um, you know, so I can have some two pairs. Uh, I, but then again, I mean, like something like King Jack, I started, I thought to myself that I don't know that I would rather have King Jack than Ace, like Ace X, because Ace X blocks more of your value range, of your thick value range of blocks. Ace is Ace King, Ace Jack. Um, well, then King Jack is kind of the same. If you would play it that way. What? Well, so, but King Jack blocks more, right? Because King Jack blocks King, blocks multiple sets as well as sure. the two pair. Um, but, of course, there is the, uh, I'm, well, you know, we could talk, we could talk uh, diamonds too if, if you want. Sure, go ahead. Well, I mean, it's your, your, I think something you brought up in terms of defending is, you know, if you have like an ace X with like a middling diamond, that's like, that, that's um, like a much worse hand and like ace yeah. three in, in ways beats that. So, I wonder if you'll you'll explain that reasoning for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely thought like, you know, if I have ace eight of diamonds here, I need to fold because I'm blocking some of Josh's bluffs. I'm blocking the eight nine of diamonds, uh, for example, or ace six. I'm blocking the six five of diamonds or the six seven of diamonds, or if he would play it this way. So I don't want to have those hands, um, you know. So I would fold those. I I kind of went through the combos after we did this, and it seems like. Given that you overbat and I don't have to defend that many hands, if I defend obviously all my sets, which there are very few, all of my two pairs, which there aren't that many, but there are some, and then um, Queen 10. Queen 10, of course. Uh, if I defend all of those hands, I start to look at, it starts to be like the top 30% of my range ish, you know, something like that. And I don't. And since you, if, if you had bet pot, I need to defend half my range. So since you overbet, I need to defend less than half. So if I defend all my like strong hands here, I actually am, I'm still overfolding, but not by a lot. So I do need to defend some ace rag. Uh, and I don't know what percent, maybe it's a quarter of them. And yeah, ace ten, like I mean, and, and you know, you do have ace ten also. If we're talking, I mean, and ace ten is not quite ace rag, but it is, you know, it, it is certainly if you if you have ace ten, def, you know, your best one pair hand, not only in terms of value, because it doesn't really matter what your kicker is with the range I'm representing, but blocks a lot of, but blocks queen ten. No, no, and this is a good point actually. I when I did this math, 
you know, you guys will have to trust me on this. I actually did consider ace queen and ace 10 as like clear defense in that okay. top like 25-30%. So I appreciate yep. that clarification. I forgot to say that. But yes, I did consider those as like, I'm going to defend that hand. So I was mostly looking at like ace 9 through ace 3 exclusive of ace 7. Yep. Um, you know, because I do show up with all of those hands and I have a ton of them. Uh, sure. That I show up with those hands in the river. So I'm obviously folding all my king x and all my jack x. You know, that's easy. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it may be 25%. I mean, there's, I, I didn't write everything down and do it all, all on paper. So it might be that I need to defend half my ASEX. It's definitely not more than that. It might be as little as like 20% of them. It's somewhere between 20 and 50%. I could have randomized, uh, and you know, maybe I want to defend one quarter and call that good, you know, something like that. Sure. Um, I don't know if that makes some sense. Did did you also keep in mind that you might be raising some of your thickest value on the on the turn and take out some of those combos from your river defending? I didn't when I did this the math. So and I, I don't really know uh, what I, I I would probably raise them sometimes. So I, I that's why I, you know maybe we need to defend half our ace sex. Yeah, just, just again, maybe it's, it's a third, maybe it's a half. I, I see your point, but you know want to make sure that you're not uh, you know that we don't swing too far the other direction because. Of course, you, you might not. I mean, and maybe it is okay on a board like this to just play even, you know, queen 10 pocket deuces as call, call, call. Yeah, I think it is, to be to be frank. Like, I don't know that I would necessarily do that, but I, like when I find that in game, when I come to that conclusion, I don't know. But I do think that that's an acceptable line with those hands. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a lot closer. But in game, I came to the... I, I had a what I think is something of an erroneous thought, which is, well, I just must have tons and tons of hands I get here with because I defended from the straddle, so I guess I have to call my ace X. But, but I don't really think that's true. Right. I don't think I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we talked about that, you know, on, on our on our drive away after, and we're just thinking, well, you know, yes, obviously you're defending the straddle super wide, but, like, a lot of that wide range is going away on the flop. A lot of that wide range is going away on the turn, and now you're actually not left with a super wide range. You definitely have a lot of ASEX. You may still have some super strong hands, you know, based on, you know, my sizing and the texture of the board. Um, and, you know, you, you, you might, but based on the sizing, you also might fold some of those, like, worse hands. So your, your range winds up being actually pretty, pretty condensed by the river. So, you know, probably is, you know, when you have sort of no middling diamond, You've got an ace, and you're like, well, my kicker doesn't matter. Let's, you know, flip a coin. Pick some percentage. Yeah. And that's kind of what I should have done. But it, what I did instead was say, well, I think I have too many hands here, so I must have to defend my ace X. So much to Josh's sadness, I did flick in the calling chip. And it was a great a great call. I thought, you know, uh, I'd probably get a lot of folds from ace X, But, you know, I should have known the player I was against was too much of a station. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am a station. It's 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 true. I'm so bad at making these folds. So. You did you did randomize. Your randomizer was just stuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My randomizer always seems to come up the same way. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, very well played hand by you. And certainly, if I had. There's a lot of hands unfolding there. Certainly all my King X and Jack X are going away. So Yeah, so uh, I mean I'm definitely happy with how I played it. I uh you know, it's it's important and to, to those of you who uh who have trouble finding bluffs, don't be results oriented. Just because they call and are at the top of their range or, or settle up, you know, flip a coin and land on call doesn't doesn't mean that you made a bad bluff. 
you know, you got to remember, got to think think in terms of ranges and not in terms of hands, especially in live poker. When you only see so many hands and you may only get a chance to make one big bluff in a session. Those, those things can weigh on you when you think, damn, he called me with his... You know, he flopped the nuts and called me like, ah, what a terrible bluff. You know that, yeah. not not necessarily true. And you you know, make sure you don't don't fall into that line of thinking. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like for the most part, I I make a lot of profit in slow stakes games by just bluffing a lot. I mean, yeah, you know, we talk about these bigger bluffs, but just even the smaller ones. You know, it's you don't don't get lazy. There are certain spots that you're supposed to bluff. So bluff. You know, if you if you get called, rebuy. But you should you should gotta be taking them stabs. That is that is exactly what I did. I mean, it might give me change for my my fresh my fresh black chips, and uh, you know, we had a great time. Yeah, and I I uh, bought Josh a drink at the at uh at Encore where the drinks are free. So, but uh, I gave the waitress a tip. So there you go. <laughs> So you know, too bad the too bad the drinks didn't cost money and don't cost money anymore. Well, yeah. anyway, you know, I, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, this special edition of Bankroll Burners. Be sure to tune in normal time next week for our uh, our next full episode. But wanted to share a fun and exciting hand that we got to play against each other, which is uh, one of the first times, maybe the first time since starting the podcast that we sat at the same table. I guess I guess maybe Philly, uh, but mm-hmm. one of the only times we've uh, we've gotten to. to get tangled a bit yeah yeah no there was in philly when you stacked me for my last like 100 bucks because i shoved with like king jack or something yeah um so um but yeah absolutely uh this was a blast everybody if you enjoyed it please like the video subscribe to the channel and uh you know leave a comment uh we'd love to hear your thoughts on this hand uh, and how you adapt to playing with people who you know their strategy a bit more so until next time have a good night